This episode of Radio Techers is brought to you in part by Trip Surfer Vacations. Travel is opening up again, and we know you're ready to go. Trip Surfer Vacations has great all-inclusive packages for your next beach vacation and all the info you need to know about your next trip. So whether you're headed to the Cancun, Cozumel, Cabo, or the Caribbean, Trip Surfer Vacations has you guys covered. We even have partnerships for European adventures as well. So we know you're ready to go. Visit TripSurferVacations.com and let them know that Radio Techers sent you. Y'all have fun out there. Whether you're kicking it in the sticks or kicking it at home, lounge in upholstery with a contemporary feel designed for relaxed living with the Brantley Gilbert Collection at Morris Home. Enter online at morrisathome.com slash win for your chance to win a guitar personally autographed by Brantley Gilbert or one of many Morris Home gift cards to upgrade your home today. That's morrisathome.com slash win for your chance to win from Morris Home. This episode of Headlock Talk is brought to you by Austin-based company Naturally Hemp's and their new line of CBD gummies. These gummies are made with 100% baked-in, pharmaceutical-grade, non-isolate-based CBD. What we're talking about here is the entourage effect. The entourage effect refers to the stronger effect you get when combining multiple cannabinoids together as opposed to just CBD. Full-spectrum CBD or CBD distillate tends to be more potent and lasts longer, which is what we're talking about here. Unlike some other brands that use a spray-on CBD, Naturally Hemp CBD distillate is baked in so you know you're getting the full dose with each gummy. I personally use them for all kinds of things, like sleep aid or muscle pain. And did I mention they taste great? They got five flavors. Uh, strawberry, green apple, lemon lime, watermelon, and get this, the orange flavor has vitamin C in it. Ooh. So if this sounds like something you could go for, head over to your nearest Create-A-Sig vape shop and pick yours up today to see for yourself the difference Naturally Hemp's gummies can make in your life. Oh, give me a home where the buffalo roam and the skies are all cloudy all day. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another episode of Headlock Talk where we talk about Texas and Wrestle Kingdom 14. We're going to give you a preview. It'll be fun. Check it out. I'm not going to lie, I could barely keep a straight face doing that. I could see that, yeah. <laughs> it's a beautiful intro, though. Oh, thank you. Do you, you, you appreciate my Texas crooning? It's good. It's oh, good. thanks, man. What is that word, crooning? Crooning? It's like a like a, like a a singing, like a very dramatic kind of singing. Oh, kind okay. Of, uh, you know, um, yeah, you know, the crooners, you know, of the old days. Right? You know, like Frank Sinatra and, ah, you know, Dean okay. Martin. You I know? see. You know? Maybe nothing. Okay. I mean, I do know those people. Yeah, I, I don't know that word though. <laughs> oh. I guess I do now. Well, there you go. Uh, welcome everybody here to another fun-filled episode of Headlock Talk. Oh snap! Oh snap! Indeed, I am of course the Texas gentleman Tanner Pruitt, and as always, my good buddy right across from me, my right-hand man, the one and the only Mr. Stephen Grudy. Howdy, 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 Stephen. 
Howdy. An extra howdy today here as we have this Texas-themed episode. Yes. Uh, and, and we're also breaking down a little bit of uh, uh, New Japan's Wrestle Kingdom 14. That's that's the big preview here. We are recording this in advance, of course, you guys. So uh, if there's any news that's going on, then we're not going to talk about it. Sorry. Yeah, our bad. Yeah. <laughs> I, I got to go up to a wedding in Arkansas. Uh, so yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah, it'll be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and so what more appropriate thing to do here than to talk about Wrestle Kingdom 14 in the weeks leading up to it. Of course, on next week's show, it'll be the last episode of Headlock Talk for 2019. Mm -hmm, And we're mm going to, we're going to do, we're going to talk about our favorite matches from this year. We're going to do the Fantasy Warfare Finals. We've, of course, got the Fantasy Warfare Semifinals today. Holy shit. (laughs) And it's going to be a blast. So... Hold on to your belts, ladies and gentlemen. We've got a lot going on here today. Hold them butts. Hold them butts. Um, so I guess the, the Texas theme is really coming from like the, this whole Texas death match that's going on, mm-hmm. um, for, for Wrestle Kingdom 14. Uh, John Moxley, of course, he came out and gave the death rider to Lance Archer and was like, you and me, Texas death match. And everybody was Sounds like, accurate. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That's that's literally the the whole sound of the internet. Yeah. Oh yeah. no. Oh, is that what they sound yeah, like? They, yeah, they're like Mr. Bill, basically. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no. I mean, look, this Wrestle Kingdom card, even beyond the Texas Death Match, is super duper stacked. Yeah, yeah. No, right? I mean, it lo- it looks really really good, and I was really glad to see this match because I, I know we had talked about it. Um, I don't know, a few episodes ago and just on and off that uh, we were really, it was kind of up in the air whether Moxley would even be back to New Japan mm. at any point. And so to come out like this mm. and be like, oh yeah, we're going to do a Texas death match, by the way. It's, like, it's just so ballin'. Yeah, you know, like, like, oh, balls. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you're going to do what now? All yeah. right. No, it was great. Um, of course, it, it is notable for a lot more than just the Texas Death Match here. Of course, one of the big happenings around this weekend um, uh, is uh, uh, the retirement here of Jushin Thunder Liger. Mm. Um, this will be his last uh, Wrestle Kingdom. You know, he'll be wrestling on both nights, so that's pretty cool. Um, and then, of course, this whole matter of the you know uh i guess the the intercontinental titles and the you know the iwgp title yeah you know uh they will be unified Wh- who's gonna be the two belts who who <laughs> will be the champ champ yeah uh and we'll we'll break down into that here so i guess let's let's not uh waste any more time night one of wrestle kingdom 14 some crazy stuff here. Of course, Jushin Thunder Liger, who we just spoke of, will be tag teaming with Tetsu, uh, Tetsumi uh, Fujinami, the Great Sasuke, and Tiger Mask with El Samurai mm-hmm. uh, to take on uh, Naoki Sano, uh, Shinjiro Otani, uh, Tatsushito, uh, Tatsuhito, I'm sorry, uh, Takiwa, and uh, Rai, Rai, you, hmm, Taguchi. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can never get his first name right. My apologies, Taguchi. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, it's definitely Taguchi. We yeah. all know who Taguchi is. We, we all knew who yes. Taguchi is. <laughs> uh, and then uh, there's going to be a uh, uh, Norio uh, Honaga uh, will be the uh, special guest referee here. So this oh, is okay. this is uh, some some legends basically. Yeah, yeah. A, a meeting of legends. Um, all from throughout Jushin Thunder Liger's past, 
uh, all colliding together here. Uh, so, I mean, this should be uh, something special. Oh, yeah. I mean, it should be honestly chaotic as hell, mm-hmm. uh, which, you know, this definitely not a bad thing. Definitely sounds cool. Yeah. And, and and to be perfectly honest, I would take this over doing the New Japan Rumble any day. Yeah. Uh, you know, those are a bit chaotic as well. I'm not a big fan of Rumbles. The the best thing I like about the Royal Rumble is really the Royal Rumble burger that we talked about well, last of course, year. Of course. You know, you yes. you remember that, Steven. The the brick of a sandwich. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the 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 colon killer. Hashtag yeah. colon killer. Yeah. Um <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, this should be an interesting matchup here, and uh, an emotional one for sure for uh, Jushin Thunder Liger. Yeah, yeah. So you're saying like all of these, all these guys are like from different points in his career. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, it's it's very interesting, a very neat way that they did this. Yeah, especially for a send off match. I like that mm-hmm. for sure. And I mean, New Japan's tag matches are all fantastic, so I'm sure it's gonna be great. Yeah, it'll be nice. Uh, match two on night one, uh, Los Ingobernables de Japón. Hmm. We've got Evil, Sonata, Shingo Takagi, and Bushi taking on Suzuki Goon, Minoru Suzuki, Taichi, uh, Zack Sabre Jr., and El Desperado. So, oh, uh, man, faction warfare here, Steven. Yeah, that's gonna be crazy. What do you think here? You, you, you know, siding with LIJ, or are you thinking Suzuki Goon here? I'm probably going to side with L.I.J., I Mm -hmm. I would say, just because, I don't know, man. I don't know. I I really haven't even seen Zack Sabre Jr. in in a while, and uh, I'm not familiar with this faction. Really, yes, Suzuki Goon. Yeah. yeah, Suzuki Goon. They're 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 one of they're not as um, popular, perhaps as mm. uh, um, you know, maybe Lij or yeah. uh, Chaos or are they like a real long time faction Club? or? Well, they've been around since Minoru Suzuki has, has, okay. has you know come into play here more and more um, prosperously. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you've got it, they're a heel stable, of course. You know, so yeah. you've got like Taichi, Zack Saber Junior, Suzuki. You know. I mean, and, and and El Desperado here, of course, as well. Uh, but I mean, the firepower that Lij brings every single time—you've got yeah. you've got Evil, Sonata, Shingo, and Bushi—and all of those guys deserve a victory here. Yeah. I think. I mean, Lij is going to get the victory from uh, Shingo alone, honestly. Like, <laughs> wow. Oh yeah, man. Takagi's great. I like him a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up. We have Chaos, so we've got Hiroki Goto, uh, Tamahiro Ishii, Toru Yano, and Yoshihashi taking on Bullet Club. Mm. Uh, Bad Luck Fale, Chase Owens, Kenta, and Yojiro Takahashi. Mm. Mm. Yeah, man. I mean, looking at it here, I mean, that uh, that Chaos team looks pretty intimidating with Goto and Ishii on one side. Uh, but you do have uh, Kenta and Takahashi. You know they've got a lot of speed and a little bit of power as well. And then mm-hmm. Bad Luck Fale, he's just a monster. You also got Chase Owens. He's always a bit crafty. Yeah, uh, for sure. I would say look looking at this uh, looks like Chaos has a good good chance here. Mm. Um, I don't know with, with Takahashi and Kenta, mm. Bullet Club's great. But, mm. but uh, I don't know Chase Owens and Bad Luck Fale. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Right. yeah. I don't know. It'll be a good match, though. Yeah, definitely for sure. Very, very good. Um, 
so yeah, lot. This is a night one is is very tag heavy. Half the night is tag matches. Um, so the next match up here would actually be uh, a um, tag team match for the IWGP Tag Team Championship. Here, uh, we got the Gorillas of Destiny, uh, Tamatonga and Tangaloa uh, taking on Finn Juice. Yes, that's right, Finn Juice. That sounds dirty. <laughs> <laughs> uh juice robinson and david finley uh so finn juice had won the uh tag league uh earning the right to face the tag team champions uh, but the gorillas of destiny have been pretty unstoppable for, yeah. for quite some time i mean do, uh, what, do, what do you think here steven do you, are we seeing an upset perhaps maybe juice robinson and david finley taking those titles I'm not really sure. I mean, uh, like you said, Gorillas Destiny have been like super solid, very dominant, and they're a great tag team. Um, I mean, Juice Robinson lost the American title, so it, it's kind of going to be up in the air on like what they want to do with him, mm-hmm. really. Um, I'm not 100% familiar with David Finley. Um, I, I don't think I've seen him wrestle before. Uh, I haven't you, seen this tag team. You may have, really? but, but it may, it, I mean, it may be in, like in the archives of your, your wrestling mind. I got you, yeah. Um, David Finley is, of course, Fit Finley's son. Mm. Yes. Okay. Um, now, it is interesting of note here how you mentioned that um, about Juice Robinson. What are they going to do with him? Mm-hmm. Uh, because he's got this match here on night one, but also on night two, he's supposed to take on the winner of this next match. Uh, the Lance Archer versus John Moxley match here. I see. Mm-hmm. I see. Mm-hmm. Now let's talk about the Texas Death Match mm. here, Stephen. Uh, the, the history of the Texas Death Match is unique, and there are many variations of the Texas Death Match. The most traditional one being it's a pinfall or submission followed by a ten count. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, so um, we sat back and watched a couple of these Texas Death Matches. One's off of YouTube. Uh, the the one most notable here was the uh, uh, one from TNA from back in 2007. Yes. Wildcat Chris Harris uh, against James Storm. Yes. <laughs> so, Stephen, what did you make of that match? So it was a good match, right? Yeah. Um, like a lot of the these types of death matches, there are times where it's a little hard to watch hmm. just because th- these guys are literally pulling blood on the ground and everything like that. But... Uh, you know, me being a fan of death matches personally, just as a whole, it was a very good match. Um, it it kind of had little shades of the uh, Cody and Dustin match uh, from what was that Double or Nothing? Yes, where it was just blood, blood, <laughs> blood, blood. It's and just blood everywhere. <laughs> yeah, and I don't. I, it doesn't necessarily bother me. Like it doesn't take away from the match, mm. but there there gets to a point with a certain level of blood where you're not really adding anything to the match. It's just, like, grotesque for grotesque's sake. Yes. You know? Um, but, I mean, it, it was a good match. But if uh, if you're talking Texas Deathmatch, there's going to be blood. Almost always. So. Yeah. You think there's going to be blood in, in the New Japan match? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. I okay. mean, not not to, like, the disgustingly grotesque, uh, you know, level. But, yeah. Yeah, there's got to be blood. Okay, okay. Well, we asked uh, a, a friend of ours uh, from, from Twitter, uh, we, Connor. Uh, you can find Connor at Connor underscore 12 uh, on Twitter. We asked him of his thoughts here going into uh, this Texas death match and, and about his thoughts on Texas in general, I guess, too. Uh, so, Like uh, the state? 
I, I think so. Nice. Okay. Uh, so we'll we'll take a quick pause here. We'll we'll bring on Connor, and uh, we'll be right back. What's going on, Headlock Talk? My name is Connor. Uh, so to start off, I wanted to give my predictions for John Moxley versus uh, Lance Archer for the U.S. Heavyweight Title at Wrestle Kingdom. I personally think that. John Moxley will take the title off of Lance Archer um, because I do believe uh, he wants to wrestle in Japan for a while. And I think that his contract, I believe, has two or three more matches. I'm not entirely sh- entirely sure. Um, as far as favorite deathmatch hardcore wrestler of all time goes, uh, I would have to pick Bruiser Brody. Um it's just the fact that their match, his matches with uh, Abdul the Butcher, are some of the most insane, uh, violent, crazy, whatever word you want to use for it, uh, matches in pro wrestling history. And uh, I want to say one of my other favorite matches is uh, anything from Tully Branchard. Uh, Versus Dusty Rhodes. Those guys had some uh, pretty good matches in the past. But uh, lastly, uh, I think I think a Texas Death Match is a good stipulation. Uh, it's just the f- the fact that it's unpredictable because the stipulation of the Texas Death Match keeps changing, uh, keeps changing from promotion to promotion. Rather, it's independent. In this case, New Japan or whatever but yeah guys that's my take thanks guys and thank you connor uh for for your thoughts here on this texas death match that's coming up here with moxley and archer mm-hmm. uh connor can be found at uh, uh connor with a k so uh, k-o-n-o-r underscore 12 on twitter uh connor also has a uh, wrestling podcast of his own connor knows wrestling and that's definitely available on itunes um as well as many other outlets so thank you connor for your thoughts here yes thank you sir uh and uh steven what do you think uh, of uh of what connor said here because uh, he, he talked about some of his favorite matches and and some some legendary wrestlers there of course Bru- bruiser brody who's big in japan mm-hmm. um but but more specifically uh, I mean, his take on on Archer versus Moxley. I mean, uh, do, do you do you share that opinion? Moxley might be coming away with the victory here. I mean, I think it's definitely possible for sure. I know Lance Archer has had a really nice year uh, going forward. Uh, obviously, he's the champion right now, so that's really great. Um, he's been having a really nice push, and but at the same time, going up against someone like Moxley, I mean, he he's very well versed in the deathmatch style. He's one of the best modern deathmatch wrestlers there is, really, um, and. I mean, I can really see New Japan wanting to put the title back onto him uh, and, and really ride going forward with, with Moxley as the U.S. champ. So, I mean, it really could go either way. Uh, I, I, Me, personally, I would love to see Moxley champion again. Mm. Um, but Interesting. At, at the same time, uh, Lance Archer really impressed me with uh, all of his work in the G1. Mm. Um, so, I mean, it, it really could go either way. I, I really don't know what to expect. Yeah, no, I mean, you make several great points here for sure. Um, I I think that they will go to Moxley, right? Um, and then he and, and, and Juice Robinson will have, I guess, their finale 
uh, uh, to, to end their feud on night two. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, because that's how this all really began. I mean, Lance Archer was thrown in as a uh, as a formidable second choice here to take for sure Moxley's place when he was unable to get to Japan to defend his title against Juice Robinson in the first place a few months back. Uh, so yeah, I, I I could definitely see Moxley winning here, um, and then going on to face Juice Robinson on night two, and we'll get mm-hmm. to that momentarily. My only thing is like if they do, because uh, I think that's the most logical way to do it is have Moxley Juice on night two. But I mean, Archer's been having really really solid matches, and mm-hmm. he's been getting a lot of fanfare. Fans are liking him, so what are they gonna do with him? You know what I mean? It's good. That's like, a good question. You, you don't want to necessarily just tuck him away after that, you know? No. But. I mean, uh, you could easily have him face off against maybe he could might he might be coming out as maybe an imposing figure upon whoever wins uh, the unified titles. Mm. I mean, I could definitely see that happening for sure. Uh, he could also form a tag team of his own, perhaps. Uh, I know he is a member of Suzuki Goon, mm-hmm. uh, so. I mean, you know, maybe a big man, little man kind of uh, dynamic between him and Zack Sabre Jr. might be cool. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's a good point. Mm -hmm. I like that. Uh, Moving right along, uh, Will Ospreay versus uh, Hiromu Takahashi. This is one of the matches that I've been looking forward to most. Yes, I'm a giant mark for the juniors division, uh, but I think everybody should be because they put on excellent matches. Um, Hiromu's coming back from a major, major neck injury. Um, I mean, but Will Ospreay, man, I mean, he's, he's on a roll, especially here in fantasy warfare for headlock talk. Also dealing with a slight neck injury. I mean, yeah, he's, he's been dealing with that for uh, since July. I mean, it's just a mm-hmm. nagging injury at this point, I think. Um, but he, he's definitely a lot better now than what he was before. Do you see Hiromu taking the victory here and, and we getting a, are we getting a new champion or, or is it a little bit too soon for that? I think it's a little too soon, personally. Mm. Just because with with Osprey and the the crazy amount of momentum that he's been having, mm. I think for him to lose the title, um, it, they would have to put him somewhere else, like very big, you know, and, and to capitalize on that and capitalize on his push. And with the whole two belts champ champ thing going on, uh, I, I don't think there's anywhere big enough for Osprey to go as of right now. So I, I think Osprey is going to retain this title and, uh, and stay there for a little bit longer until they can figure out what's going on with the, mm-hmm. the main event scene. I mean, those are, that, that's definitely a good point. Um, I, I think they also need to sort out who they're going to move forward to next, because I, I, I feel as though there is this huge kind of push for Will Osprey to move on up to heavyweight mm-hmm. and for him to compete, uh, for those titles. Um, I mean, I mean, I don't know how fast of an acceleration they can get him to being a heavyweight contender for a title. Mm-hmm. Um, that might be a bit tricky. Though, I mean, I don't necessarily have a problem with Hiromu Takahashi winning the title here. I think that would make for a very, very great moment. For sure. Um, yeah. And Hiromu could be a guy who could still lead in there. I, I mean, I could see it going either way. Either we can have a great moment with Hiromu, you know, winning the title... Or at the same time, I could easily see it where uh, you know Takahashi looks great um, and comes just short of beating Osprey. I don't know. My gut says Hiromu wins here personally, mm. but I don't. I I don't know. Well, I mean, I do like the the thought of uh, it being like a big moment 
uh, for Takahashi, especially considering this is like their their big, you know, WrestleMania equivalent show. You want to have uh, those kind of moments that people can really remember. Whereas with if if Osprey won it, obviously it's deserved. You know, he's the champion now, and mm. I, I don't think there's necessarily a reason to take take it off of him right now. But at the same time, if you really think about it, that's kind of the easy way out. You know, yeah, and, and yeah, it, it's gonna be a great match, and no matter what happens. But if Osprey does end up winning it, then it's kind of just like, okay, cool, he had a match at Wrestle Kingdom. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Right. No, of course. And I mean, it just really it can go either way, man. Yeah. Like a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And I think that's what's really awesome about both of these cards, night one and night two, is that mm-hmm. they're not cut and dry. You know, like they, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of the matches in night two depend on the outcomes of night one, mm-hmm. and all of the outcomes from night one are like, ah, 50-50. <laughs> you know, it, it could go either way. Yeah. So I think that's a really cool dynamic where it's just like it's extremely hard to predict where this is going. Right. They've they've done a great job of masking the predictability, mm-hmm. and and like I said, like you just said, you know, hinging everything on you know, hey, it could go either way, and a lot of what you're going to see on night two has. Is implied from what happened on night one. Right. So, right. Yeah. No. I, I think that's absolutely great. Uh, he, let's get into some some beef here. Oh shit. Some beef. Um, Jay White defends the IWGP Intercontinental Championship against Tetsuya Naito. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, there's a, a large contingency of people who say that Naito not only will win this match, but he'll go on and win in night two as well. He is awfully banged up though. Do you think it might uh, come down to, like, gut check time for Tetsuya Naito here? Man, I, I really I really don't know. I, I haven't been following uh, Naito as, as much recently. Um, uh, just, you know, some matches, one off here and there. And then, of course, uh, all of the stuff that he did in G1. Um, for me, personally, I have Naito in this. Mm. Uh, I do think he'll go over here. Uh, I don't know where that leaves Jay White, honestly. Mm. Um but yeah, I, I have Naito here. Interesting, interesting. I've actually got Jay White. Really? I've actually got Jay White going and and, and retaining the title here, um, simply because I've got Takahashi winning this match. Previously, I think that this is a l- little bit of a palate cleanser and something to leave fans really upset with on night uh, on the night and being like, "Oh, stupid Jay White." Yeah. Well, I, I'm gonna have to tune into night two so that way I can see him get his ass kicked. Yeah. Right. You know. That, that's um, a good point. I'll, yeah. Yeah. So, um, and whoever Jay White faces on night two, I mean, it's a rematch of matches he's had. High, very high profile matches, whether it be Okada from that Super Card of Honor show from New York, uh, or the um, the G One Finals against Ibushi. Mm-hmm. Uh, and speaking of such match, that is our main event from night for night one. Yes, Okada and Ibushi, man. Uh, I mean, it's been building for months. Uh, you know, it's gut check time, Stephen. Who are we going with here? Who's going to be the new IWGP Heavyweight Champion? It's Ibushi all the way, man. Yeah, you think so? I, I do. It's time. I, I really think it's time. I, I agree. I yeah. think it's time. I think Okada's cockiness uh, the other night showed through when he just kind of mashed the title in in, in Ibushi's face, and mm-hmm. then Ibushi just went off and just clanked him with the with the briefcase and just beat the crap out of him. Uh, yeah, this will be a spectacular match. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm I'm so looking forward to this match. This, I mean, the the Ibushi Okada match from G1 was one of the best ones 
in the entire G1 tournament. Mm-hmm. So I and, and with this being Wrestle Kingdom 14, I mean, I don't expect anything less uh, than like just a barn burner crazy match. No, absolutely. Yeah, no, I'm I'm very much looking forward to this. This will be, uh, I mean, look, I, I hate to be preemptive, but yes, this this screams five stars. Oh yeah, all, all the way. Yeah. Um. So yeah, very much looking forward to this one here. And let's not waste any time. Let's jump right into night two here, Stephen. Uh, this will be Jushin Thunder Liger's final match. Uh, he will be teaming up with uh, Naoki Sano uh, against uh, uh, the newly christened. Ryu Lee, this is this is Dragon Lee mm. for for all of those uninitiated here. Uh, Dragon Lee can still use his name in Ring of Honor, I believe, uh, but not and and I think maybe in other promotions like AAA as well, he's still using the name Dragon Lee. But I think CMLL owns those rights to his name, technically speaking. So mm. I don't know; it's all very complicated. So I think he changed his name for New Japan purposes just to avoid any kind of whatever right yeah yeah um but it's kind of strange that they're letting him use the name in some promotions but not in others i guess new japan's like it's big right you know, and they want to keep keep a hold of that name right well hmm. ryu means dragon ryu comes from street fighter right you know uh he apparently ryu was dragon lee's favorite character from street fighter so that's pretty cool okay yeah yeah uh, I can't say I disagree. Ryu, yeah. Ryu and Ken were like OPAF. Indeed. <laughs> you know, trying to get with the kids' lingo out there, you know? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Stay hip with the young crowd. Exactly. Yeah. You know, the youngins. <laughs> um, but yes, Ryu Lee will be teaming up with Iromu Takahashi. Uh, you know, this will be a, a spectacular match. A, a, a battle of, you know, the old guard and the new guard here, Steven. Um, I, I don't see Jushin Thunder Liger winning here. Uh, I think he's going to go out on his sword just like every good wrestler should from the old school, uh, or as they are wont to do, rather. So, yeah, I mean, I, I do see Ryuli and Takahashi uh, winning this match and perhaps renewing their rivalry as well. Yeah, I agree. Um, next match on the card, a barn burner here. Uh, tag team match for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championships. We've got Bullet Club and uh, Taiji Ishimori and El Fantasmo taking on Rapongi 3K, Show and Yo. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm. Yes. Mm. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing a title change here. I think Rapongi 3K, you know, they've had uh, great, great matches all throughout the year. Uh, so has Ishimori and El Fantasmo. Um, but I, I think Rapongi 3K has a little bit more than what the Birds of Prey did, you know, Osprey and Eagles. Uh, I, I think that they've got a little bit more in terms of uh, not necessarily chemistry, but just overall tag work and just their body of accomplishments. I think that they're definitely a, um, a formidable opponent here for Bullet Club. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. Um, I really like Rapongi 3K just because they're, like you said, they're you know a very formidable tag team, and their work is very, it's very thought out and very consistent. You know, yeah. Um, so I could definitely see that. And honestly, I think with um, night one and night two, they're going to play a little bit off of the the, uh, you know, because obviously both of us think that Ibushi's going to to get the title. I think they're going to play a little bit on the, the feel goodness yeah. uh, of a lot of this. And, uh, R- Rapongi winning this would definitely play into that. Hmm. 
very uh, uh, you know, very fine points here, Stephen. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I, I, I like your uh, your methodology mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, Thanks, man. Look, look at this next match. Goddamn. <laughs> exactly. Uh, singles match for the British Heavyweight Championship coming out of Rev Pro. Zack Saber Jr. the champion takes on Sonata. Now I saw this match live in Dallas, and this this blew my effing mind. Mm-hmm. Just all sorts of all over the place. I mean, it, it is possible that might have been match of the night mm-hmm. for me. Um, yeah, insanely good match. Uh, these guys are are very competitive with each other, and Sonata can work on a technical level that can rival Zack Saber Juniors. Yeah. Uh, so this match definitely one to put a put an asterisk by or one to look out for during this huge weekend. Uh, for uh, for G one, yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, the Zack Saber Junior Sonata match from G one was one of the best matches in that entire tournament, mm-hmm. just like hands down. And um, you know, Zack Saber Junior has this, as we all know, I mean, this very crazy technical style that almost nobody can match him in. Mm-hmm. But somehow Sonata is able to be right there with him, trading submissions, trading you know blows and reversals and things like that. And I personally love that style of match and with Sonata mm-hmm. being able to be on Zack Sabre Jr.'s level or at least meet him close this match is going to be fantastic oh absolutely absolutely I mean do you see a title change here Steven oh man I don't know I- I'd personally prefer to stay on Zack just because mm-hmm. he's just so killer at what he does uh, but I mean at the same time Sonata's very very talented I could definitely see it going that way mm-hmm. um, but I-, I think Zack's probably going to retain here Mm, yeah. Mm. Okay. No, I I could definitely see that. Um, let me see here. Uh, the the winner of the Archer and Moxley match takes on Juice Robinson. Uh, now this kind of goes back to the point that I was saying earlier, and, and we don't have to touch too much on this one here because again, there's a lot of variables involved with between these two shows. But if it is Moxley winning the title from Archer on night one. I do see him losing the title to Juice Robinson on night two. Really? Yeah, simply because that's how the feud started. Moxley came in on his first night, beats Juice Robinson, takes the title. He's held the title all ever since. He's beaten Juice Robinson continuously, right? And he always seems to get the the better edge on Juice. I don't see the point of Moxley continuing to hold on to a title where he's not going to be working full-time. Mm-hmm. And I don't see Juice Robinson winning the titles, him and uh, David Finley winning the titles on the night before. But I do see him beating Moxley here and getting the, just getting the one final thing over on him, uh, the final victory. Just and then maybe they'll shake hands after afterwards, and Moxley will go. Don't hold your breath for that one. <laughs> <laughs> Moxley will go quietly into the night. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> But I guess I won't hold my breath, though, Steve. <laughs> no, I, I think I agree with you, though. Um, it, it sounded crazy to me at first, but mm. but now that you've explained it, it kind of makes sense just because, obviously, Moxley's full-time AEW. Uh, seeing him in New Japan is a really nice treat, but yes. it is a treat. Yeah. He's not full-time there. So it definitely makes more sense for Juice to get it. And also, it, if Moxley were to just barrel over him for the third time, that really doesn't do Juice any favors either. So... Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I completely agree. Um, and that's not to say that Moxley won't ever be back in Japan. He obviously loves going there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think it'd be a nice treat for him, like 
maybe to come back for G1 again next year. Definitely. You know, whatever it might be. I, I mean, I think, honestly, um, just me predicting, uh, I think this uh, New Japan relationship with John Moxley, I think it's going to continue consistently, but not necessarily like more than he is right now. You know, he'll he'll have G1 presence, I think. He, he might do a match or two here and there. Um, but it, it's not going to be like... Basically, it doesn't make a lot of sense to put a title on Moxley because then you run into like a, a Brock Lesnar situation where you have a champion who's there like a quarter of the year, if that, you know. Right. So Well and they could they could always do that, right? They could always do that and Moxley come back and just defend the title whenever, wherever. I mean, yeah, uh, but like you know, maybe even defend it in AEW. I don't know. I don't know. It's just be cool. it's a matter of seeing where there where these talks go. For New here. Elite Showdown. Just you saying. know, yeah. Good, throw throw back to last week's. Mm-hmm. Uh, if wishes were fishes, uh, we've got uh, Kenta taking on Hiroki Koto for the Never Openweight Championship. Uh, this match here will be quite stiff. Mm-hmm. Quite a stiff match, indeed. Um, I I do see Kenta retaining personally. Though, there there was that whole storyline that they shot where um, uh, Katsuyori Shibata uh, he came back and you know kicked Bullet Club's ass and did the corner kick to uh, to Kenta and everything. So Shibata will be present at ringside supposedly, um, and and maybe maybe he'll even the odds and help Goto win that title. Mm. It's been a long time since Goto's held a title. Maybe this is the right time to do it. I don't know. Again, this could go either way for me. Yeah, I, I mean, this this is kind of the same story as pretty much all the other matches. It, it can really just go either way. There, There's definitely a lot of things they could do to make either way make sense. Like you said, with uh, Shibata being at ringside, possibly pulling off some shenanigans to have Goto win the title. Mm. Um, but me personally, though, I do think I see Kenta retaining here just because mm. he's looking... Like he's just looking crazy, crazy strong, and I don't think they should really pull that rug out from underneath him. Mm-hmm. Um, he's getting a lot of fanfare, a lot of fan support, and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you said, could go either way. But I do have Kenta here. Okay. Um. He, so this is where the card starts getting a again a, a bit more intriguing from the night one stipulations here. The two losers. Uh, will uh, from uh, the Intercontinental title match and the IWGP World title match will meet here, and I believe they get like a number one contender shot against uh, the new undisputed champion. I guess mm. right. Um, so so Naito versus Okada, huh? Naito. It, well, <laughs> it's either Naito versus Okada. Um, well, that that was my guess. Yeah. I mean, I think you were you were leaning towards Jay White and Okada, weren't you? Because you said you wanted uh, Naito to win that title, right? Yeah. I mean, who who knows? Really? <laughs> I mean, who knows? Yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I would say, yeah, I would say if it was Naito and Okada, I'd probably say Naito, maybe. I'd say I'd say Naito goes on and wins, beats Okada, finally gets you know that demon off of his back. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know he's he's always come just a little bit short of Okada, and um, you know ever since they graduated from being young lions. Mm-hmm. So, I also like the like the idea of you know Okada being uh, you know broken down 
to to a certain degree. Yeah. To, and, and just getting so like just frustrated with himself, frustrated with the fans, and blah blah blah, and everything mm-hmm. like that, and really just coming back for a huge push and kind of yeah. just let him go off for a little bit and, yeah. and kind of simmer down he, and then come back. Yeah. He. I mean, you can always have Okada rebuild himself and like go on and win G one next year. Oh yeah. Right. Like yeah. that's totally something that you can do. Mm-hmm. You know, I could easily see. And maybe I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself. I'm getting too ahead of myself. We'll we'll talk about it here in a minute. Um, uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi takes on Chris Jericho. Uh, no title on the line. Uh, just pride. Chris Jericho wants to end Tanahashi's career. Tanahashi says, well, maybe this might be your last match, Chris. Dang. Dang. Um, I don't know, man. I mean, look, Chris Jericho, you know, he's he's a genius. Hiroshi Tanahashi is a genius. This match has been a long time coming, I think. Um, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm, my gut says Tanahashi beats Jericho here. My gut also says Tanahashi. Yeah. yeah. Jericho seems to do the job whenever he comes to Japan. Yep. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the that's the biggest thing. Obviously, Jericho could win this mm-hmm. for sure, and it wouldn't be like crazy out of left field for him to win it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, exactly what you said, Jericho seems to do the job when he comes to mm-hmm. New Japan. So I have Tanahashi. Uh, if Jericho wins, sweet. Yeah. Uh, but I do see Tanahashi. Well, and Tanahashi, I mean, I think that would um, it, it keeps Tanahashi <laughs> relevant. Right, right, right. Because he's also had to do kind of a rebuilding thing this year himself. Because he he didn't perform as well in G one as what he wanted. He he's had a few uh, kind of um, there's been hints, like little hints and bits and pieces of oh Tanahashi might be getting over the hill finally, and they keep putting him in earlier and earlier matches on the card. Right, yeah, you know, where they usually put either the young guys or the older guys. Uh, so there's been there's been questions, but I do see that this uh, this matchup here would keep Tanahashi relevant in the main event scene for sure. I mean, a win over Chris Jericho that that's big, no matter where you are, you know, so. possibly. And then in the finals, uh, it's either Jay White or um, Tetsuya Naito uh, taking on. I guess we came to the conclusion that it's Ibushi. It could oh, yeah. easily be Okada as well, but I mean. I think we've come to the conclusion that it's Bushi. I mean, Okada doesn't need it. Yeah. You know, like, and, and to a certain degree, Abushi really doesn't either. Everyone, I don't know. Abushi's never won the IWGP title. All, well, all three I, of the, all three of them have. I mean, yeah. I just mean like, he, he doesn't need it in order to show everyone what he can do. You know, like, uh, I guess we, that's fair. we all know he's, he's an insanely talented wrestler, gold aside, you know? So, right. But Okada really, really doesn't need it you know mm-hmm. and, and at least not to the extent that abushi does hmm. well so if it's naito then abushi and naito are going to kill each other yes again yes <laughs> if it's jay white and abushi right then uh, look then they're gonna it's just gonna be an awesome rematch from the g1 finals i i would say abushi would win both nights yes I think that that's where they're they're gonna go. Um, again, I was getting a bit ahead of myself there a few moments ago. What I was thinking here would be you could easily have Naito beat Jay White or J- Naito beat Okada on night two. Ibushi mm-hmm. beats Jay White, and then Naito beats Ibushi later on down the road. Okay, 
You see where I'm going here? Hmm. Yes. Uh, for whichever title, be it Intercontinental or IWGP title, or if they merge the two, whatever. Have they said if they're going to unify I, them or I, not? I, I mean, I think the, t- the title holder will simply hold both titles, right? Right. Uh, so maybe Ibushi puts his heavyweight title on the line. Naito beats him later on down the road. Okada wins G1. And then we have Okada, uh, Okada and Naito Wrestle Kingdom 15. Mm, mm. And then Okada can beat Naito there. There's your long-term booking, folks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Call me ghetto. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, no, but yeah, this, this is a huge two-night thing, and we'll, we'll actually be able to do two, I believe, two episodes. One on night one, one on night two. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll, I'll wake up Steven super early in the morning. We'll Woo-hoo. come and watch the shows, and we'll sit down and record everything. Yeah, Red Bull. Yeah. <laughs> Just get jacked on Red Bull. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, if you want more uh, nice tunage for... Uh, uh, you know your your G one not G one coverage Wrestle Kingdom fourteen coverage. I highly recommend checking out uh, Big Paws and a Pup No Particular Angle podcast. Uh, JPQ the host uh, he he's he had on uh, Mags from Badlands podcast and Conrad from Everything Pro Wrestling podcast and then also Mr Warren Hayes. Uh, so all of them on uh, you know I think Mr Warren Hayes was on uh, for like. Um, I guess the second part uh, of the coverage and Conrad and Mags were on the first one. So in total, you have five hours worth of Wrestle Kingdom 14 <laughs> discussion just from no particular angle alone. Mm-hmm. So big shout out there to all those guys uh, yes. for putting on a lot of content for, uh, for the listeners out there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now with that said, Steven, Texas, right? Yes. God bless Texas. God bless Texas. <laughs> With this Texas death match, you know, it, it had me thinking. I mean, what what are some of your what are some of your favorite Texas wrestlers, Texas moments in wrestling? Mm. I mean, what what do you like about Texas, Stephen? You the know, food. Food, mostly yeah. just the food, huh? The, see the see Texas is <laughs> Yeah, the the food is 100% the best part about Texas. But anyways, sweet. Uh, so you have the the southern uh cuisine of of Texas, right? Yeah. But then you also bring in some of the Mexican cuisine from Mexico since we share that, you know, share a long 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 border with Mexico. Yes. And so you get just a nice fusion of the two foods. Mm-hmm. Uh breakfast tacos are the greatest thing yeah. uh that I, has ever been created. I mean, we have our own version of Mexican food, Tex-Mex, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh for for any of you northeasterners out there, uh Bobby Flay tried to rip us off terribly mm. by producing his own brand of Tex-Mex yes. uh, for his high-class restaurants. Um, yeah. Shameful. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> for those not in the know, Tex-Mex is, uh, basically Mexican food with a lot of cheese. A lot of cheese, a mm-hmm. lot of meat, mm-hmm. uh, very fattening, very good for hangovers. Yes. Of course. Very greasy. Uh, very greasy <laughs> food. Uh, very, um, very good for the heart. No, I'm just kidding. It's awful for it's you. It's terrible for the heart. <laughs> Um, barbecue is big in Texas, obviously. Yes, yes. Um, football, very, very big in Texas. Mm-hmm. What it was actually? Some, what's some of your favorite barbecue, Stephen? Favorite barbecue? Yeah. Um, what, what do you like out of barbecue? I mean, brisket. 
a hundred percent. Yeah, brisket's the the big one down south. Uh, I think uh, Texas, at least here. Yeah, it's Texas is Texas. one of the main ones uh, that does brisket. I don't know. There's not a lot of other places we're, that do. We're the big one out of the barbecue capitals per se that does brisket. Yeah, right? yeah. Because if you go to like the Carolinas, they've got like ribs mm-hmm. and like other places have sausage. Mm-hmm. Uh, sausage sausage um here it's definitely brisket and i mean people uh i mean look there there have been wars and you know multiple family feuds over what kind of wood you even use for mm-hmm. for smoking your brisket i myself is a, i'm I, I fancy myself an oak man an oak man okay. yeah i like the oak uh a lot of people swear by mesquite Mm-hmm. You know, mesquite is a uh, that's the big one. Yeah, I, I think in Texas, mesquite's a little bit more of a has more of a spicy mm-hmm. aroma to it. Uh, whereas I like uh, the more earthy kind of uh, more almost natural kind of taste that the, that the oak gives. It's very subtle, but yeah, also yeah. very good. See, like my favorite thing in the world is pepper. I, mm. I just love pepper, and so mesquite gives it that nice, like, mm-hmm. smoky, pepper, peppery flavor to it. You know? oh, okay. We'll yeah. see. And I'm not going to give my, my brisket recipe away here on the show. Of course not. No. Uh, screw that. Um, but I do use a heck of a lot of pepper on my uh, brisket recipe. Mm. So that that might explain a lot there. Uh, football. I think we we noted that football is big in Texas. Football is huge in Texas. Yeah. Yeah. Like, pretty much uh, every single high school in Texas is literally just built in order to have a football team. Right. Like, that's it. Right. <laughs> two, two two very well-known starting quarterbacks in the NFL, uh, both graduated from Texas high schools, mm. both Super Bowl winning quarterbacks, uh, Nick Foles from uh, when he won with the Eagles, and uh, um, Drew Brees, of course, uh, also uh, uh, here in town, I think Westlake High School isn't that right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, this uh, is true. Yeah, uh, he uh, fantastic quarterback Drew Brees, one of, one of my favorites for sure of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, what about Texas wrestling, Stephen? Texas wrestling. Yeah, yeah. Talk talk to me about some of your favorite Texas wrestlers here, because I mean, we yeah. could, we've got like Undertaker, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah, Bru- I actually Bruce have Brody. a actually have a small list here of of some of the. Uh, the best wrestlers from Texas. Uh, and you listed a few of them. Obviously, we have Undertaker, Stone Cold. Uh, we also have Tully Blanchard. Tully Blanchard. From Texas. He's from Texas. Uh, Dusty Rhodes. Dusty Rhodes is from Texas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Eddie Guerrero mm-hmm. is also from Texas. Yes. Um, the, the whole Guerrero family. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mark Henry is also from Texas. He, he's from here. I mm-hmm. met him at an arena football game. Yeah, my sister met him at a Toys R Us. Yeah, uh, my <laughs> my buddy, um, uh, he uh, who does pest control. Uh, I, I I won't I, I won't name him, uh, but he he regularly does work at Mark Henry's house. Very cool. Yeah, very very awesome. Yeah, he lives in Austin, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see. We also have uh, Lance Archer. Yes, I, Lance I did Archer. Not know. Yes, he's from Dallas. Okay, mm-hmm. right on, right on. Yeah, um, we uh, when I went to G one, I think he may have had some family like there in town, and I think they were just a few rows below us, mm-hmm. like cheering him on during his match that he had with Osprey. Nice, nice. Yeah, uh, we also got uh, JBL is from Texas, of course, as well as uh, Amber Moon. Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. She's from Texas. Um, like uh, Dallas, Houston? Uh, I'm not sure. Huh. I can double check on that. Oh, who else you got on that list, Stephen? Uh, yeah, she is from Dallas, oh, uh, okay. Ember Moon. Huh. 
Uh, we also got Dick Murdoch, uh, Tom mm-hmm. Pritchard, mm-hmm. Um, Dusty Rhodes, of course. Yeah. Uh, Jake the Snake. Huh. Um, Jake for the Snake Roberts. Uh, Booker T. Yes, Booker T is from Houston. He's, I was not aware of that. He 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 wants to run reason. for mayor. I think. Oh, pulling a cane. Yes, I like it. Mayor Book. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all of the Von Ericks. Yes, every single one of them. Um, yeah. I mean, of course, a lot more. One of my favorites, uh, Terry Funk, mm. Terry and Dory Funk. Uh, you know, I mean, th- those are some other legendary wrestlers uh, from Texas. Probably the biggest. ACH. ACH, uh, yes. Topical. Very, very topical. <laughs> He's from here, too. Yeah. Here in Austin. Oh, right on. Yeah, he, uh, uh, I, uh, you know, before all of the madness that was going on on his Twitter account, uh, I, I went onto his page, and he was... Uh, lambasting a local masseuse shop. Ah, yeah. Okay, then you can check that out. <laughs> um, uh, let Let's see what y'all have to say about the state of Texas. And yes, I I do say y'all, of course, of course. Uh, Texas staple right there, y'all. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see here. Mags, who we brought up earlier at DEJ Kirkby on Twitter, uh, he says, "Being a Brit, I know little about the history of Texas wrestling." <laughs> there you go. Uh, I do know it's been a historical hotbed for amazing wrestling talent. Of course, yes. Texas, yeah. Uh, v- very big into wrestling. We're awesome. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, of, of course, I think we're... Are we the only state that's actually won its independence? Like, that we had to like fight in a war for its independence, and then we joined the Union? I believe so, yeah. yeah. I've also heard that uh, Texas is the only... Uh, state in currently in the union that has a clause saying that we can uh like yeah. declare our independence if, from America if we if we ever wanted to right now we're just bearing the other forty nine states we're like <laughs> well yeah they all suck except for Texas <laughs> no uh, uh, Washington is very nice very beautiful yeah Washington's pretty cool yeah. uh. Colorado's also beautiful. Colorado's great. Uh, parts of Florida are nice. Uh, parts of California are nice. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, See, mm-hmm. if you go, you got to go like mid California. If you mm-hmm. go, if you go too far and it starts smelling like piss, you went too far. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Um, I've never been up into the Northeast. Mm-hmm. Some of the Midwest is pretty nice too. You know, uh, Chicago's all right. Indianapolis is fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I like it. Louisiana got great food. Yeah, Louisiana, uh, very different than Texas. Very different kind of uh, people in, in Louisiana. Yes, very they, true. They, they, they hunt alligators the, and the, cook them. The Creoles. The Creoles. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I'm sure we're like over embellishing a little bit, right? But they do have tasty food. And they do very tasty drinks. I mean, they have one of my favorite categories of food ever, which is Cajun food. Yes. Yeah. Very spicy. Mm-hmm. Very, very tasty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Make your tummy hurt afterwards. Yeah. Well, it's worth it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> true. Um. But yeah. No. Uh. You know, Texas is is a fun place to be. Let's hear some of y'all's thoughts here, and then we'll get into fantasy warfare. Uh, yeah. Um. Uh, so yeah. Um. Uh, Mags gave his thoughts here. Uh. Thank you, Mags. Uh, so yeah, definitely check out Badlands podcast, everybody. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, 
Conrad at Everything Pro Wrestling Show at EPW Show on Twitter. I always enjoyed Terry Funk and his hardcore style growing up. I also always appreciated the classic Texas gimmick like Barry Windham, the Blackjacks, and the natural Dustin Rhodes. Yes, mm. Dustin Rhodes. Uh, yes, had a bit of a Texas cowboy kind of gimmick there for a minute. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always thought the boots looked cool. Yes, boots can be cool. They I haven't are. owned a pair of cowboy boots in quite some time. It's been a while for me as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's usually like a rite of passage as a child in, yes. in Texas, and then some people hold on to it, some people don't. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, also, who doesn't appreciate uh, a good bunkhouse brawl? Yes. Mm. Um, another thing I liked was the West Texas Rednecks I Hate Rap Song feud with No Limit and the Filthy Animals from WCW. Mm. Uh, Texas Death Matches, he goes on to say, uh, I've always enjoyed despite rules constantly changing depending on the company. Yes, uh, I would uh, I would agree with that. Uh, your favorite Texan wrestlers, HBK and Stone Cold Steve Austin. Mm. Uh, let me see here. He wanted to know what's the deal with Corpus Christi. They get lots of shows. Any idea why? Uh, he just wants to understand. Um, They're in a great spot, uh, like in terms of like their placement in the state. Yeah. Uh, just because it's it's further south enough to where uh, the people who are like on the Mexican border in, mm. in like Brownsville and stuff like that, mm. they don't have to go too far mm. uh, to be able to, to go there, but it's not too far north to where it would just make sense to do one in Austin or San Antonio. Right. And it's fairly... I, uh, I could be getting my Texas geography wrong. Texas is like a country, basically. Yeah. It's, um, we, we measure it's, distance uh, in terms of time, not by miles. It Pretty much. So... Yeah, it's like it, it takes three days on horseback. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Dallas is four hours away. Uh, I can't tell you how many miles away it is, but it's about four hours away. So, yeah, <laughs> approximately four hours, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let me see here. Where is Corpus Christi? I know it's on the coast. Yes. Um, which, I mean, that's uh, it's, it, that, it's that's a good place to go be just for like a touristy destination alone, mm-hmm. right? They um, also have uh, South Padre Island very close to Corpus Christi, which mm-hmm. is a very big. Um, like resort town mm-hmm. and it looks like it's probably about th- th- probably about three hours away from both houston and san antonio probably mm-hmm. um maybe a l- probably about another hour longer from austin mm-hmm. um now austinites don't get a lot of wrestling unfortunately right uh, which is sad um but yeah i, I, I mean, think a, i think a lot of it comes down to just how big texas is mm-hmm. and uh, putting a show smack dab in the middle of Texas, like where Austin is, mm-hmm. uh, doesn't really make that much sense when, you know, there's people that would have to drive seven, eight hours just to get to a show that's in their same state. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it makes a little bit more sense to to hit Dallas and then to hit Houston and then maybe hit El Paso. You know, it, it it's just kind of hard to, to put a show smack dab in the middle and expect everyone to be able to reach it, you mm-hmm. know. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I would say yeah, we we pretty much nailed you know Corpus Christi on this one here, being very touristy and whatnot. Yeah, my grandparents uh, when I was a kid used to live in Corpus Christi, so I've been to Corpus hundreds and hundreds of times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. good town. Yeah. Um, let me see here. Uh, Joe Crow uh, at J uh, Joe uh, C R O nineteen eighty four on Twitter. Uh, Joe says Texas is a hotbed for professional wrestling, from the Von Erics and the uh, and world class uh, to HBK in Austin. Uh, Texas has always produced some of the best wrestlers and the Guerrero family. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe is not wrong. 
I, I think that covers all the bases there. That's what you need to know about Texas right there. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, and then, of course, our good buddy, uh, Mike Charlip, uh, whose wrestling blog uh, you can always follow and check out. Just visit uh, Mike on Twitter, at MikeJC821 on Twitter. Um, let me see here. Mike says, I've never been to Texas, uh, so I can't say there's anything I dislike since I'm not a, uh, uh, since I'm not a Giants fan and don't hate the Cowboys. Lol. <laughs> uh, as far as wrestlers from Texas, I'm, I mean, Undertaker is my favorite of all time. Stone Cold Steve Austin, of course, Eddie Guerrero, Terry Funk. Uh, I've watched some old school WCCW from before my time and enjoyed a lot of those matches between the Von Erics and the Freebirds. Uh, also, Kerry Von Erich versus Ric Flair from May 6, 1984. Before my time, but I watched it a few times. Hell of a match. Mm. Uh, also forgot to mention Shawn Michaels, who's my other favorite of all time. I couldn't leave that unsaid. Well, Yeah. No, for sure. Yeah. Uh, Texas, great wrestling state. Yes. Lots of history. And we greatly look forward to seeing this Texas death match. Uh, I hope maybe John Moxley wears some blue jeans and some cowboy boots. Oh man, if he comes out in a cowboy hat, I'm going to lose it. I'd, I'd, I'd turn off the TV. I'd be like, no, he's from Cincinnati. I would like, turn the TV <laughs> volume up. Oh, okay. Yep. <laughs> well, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> On to further matters here, Stephen. Yes. We've got a lot to talk about here. We've got the damn semifinals of Fantasy Warfare 2019, and what a big pair of matches we have here. It is upon us, yes. It is upon us. Steven, are you nervous at all for our competitors here? A little bit. A little bit. A little bit, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Well, let's uh, let's go into the matches here. Of course, uh, in semifinal match one, we have... John Moxley, who we just got done pretty much devoting a whole episode to, yeah, <laughs> um, taking on Will Ospreay, and uh, Kazuchika Okada taking on Adam Cole. Two dream matches. Dream matches to, to is is uh yes to say the least yeah. here. Um. So I, I I guess let's let's start with the John Moxley and Will Ospreay match here, mm-hmm. Stephen. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a very much a style clash. Oh yeah, uh, between these two, uh, Moxley more of the brawler, the bruiser. You know, um, you know he he he's very smash mouth in your face, right? Uh, Will Ospreay, however, high flyer. Uh, he's he's been working on being a, more of a heavyweight. He's got power moves now. He's got lethal striking. This is a very intriguing matchup. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the stylus clash, I think, is the, the best way of putting it for sure. Just because, uh, you know, like you said, with, with Moxley being the brawler and Osprey being more of the, the high flyer, I think a lot of this match would come down to um, Moxley attempting to slow down Osprey, of course, mm-hmm. uh, just because really Osprey would run circles around him just in mm-hmm. terms of speed. Um, but then it could also lead to a lot of really big moments with uh, you know Osprey moving into more of the heavyweight style. Uh, I think the the moment that Osprey hits a power bomb onto Moxley, I think the arena mm-hmm. would just freaking erupt. You know? Yeah. Like, so. Yeah. I mean, the, the scary point is where Moxley catches Osprey and starts throwing him around yes. right yeah um that would be the scary part for osprey as far as the accomplishments are concerned will osprey i, I we've talked about it endlessly mm-hmm. uh this whole tournament here how much 
Will Ospreay's accomplished all year long. Um, a lot of Moxley's um, notoriety comes from just like renewing himself and being free. And he went to G1. And right. He showed up in AEW. And yes, he's on a hot streak. There's no doubt about it. But when it comes to actual silverware, I mean, Will Ospreay is, you know, I mean, he's he's gotten, he's had one maybe the all-time best years ever. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, 100%. Uh, I remember we talked about this a little bit off screen and or off air, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't have screens yet. No. We should get some. Yeah. Anyways, uh, we talked a little bit off air that um, Osprey is is having just a hell, hell of a year. You know, uh, all sorts of accomplishments, all sorts of insanely great matches, everything like that. Whereas Moxley, of course, like you said, he's on a hot streak and everything like that. But... Uh, a lot of what's behind Moxley right now is the media and, and the fact that he's getting a lot of TV time. He's having a lot of interviews. He left WWE, went to a rival, went to the rival company, uh, made a huge splash of double or nothing. And for for me, honestly, this match, these are my two favorites of the year, John Moxley versus Will Ospreay. Um, so that, that's why this decision is so, so hard for me. But uh, I think at the end of the day, when when I really break it down and think who deserves it more and, and who would be riding the most amount of momentum into this match, yes, and who would be the one to finally take it would have to be Will Ospreay. And that hurts for me to say just because Moxley is my guy, you know. He's your dude. He's my dude. But, uh, yeah, I got to give it to Ospreay. He's, he's just been having a killer, killer year. Of course. Well, and I mean, look, uh, tournament-wise, let's look at, at at let's let's break it down. Neither man has had a very easy time getting here. Right. Moxley had to beat Gargano and AJ Styles uh, uh, to to get this far. Um, I mean, y- you've got Will Ospreay, right? And Will Ospreay had to go through both Chris Jericho and Kenny Omega. God. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I, I would say Will Ospreay would take this just out of the way the tournament's been set up, out of his accomplishments. I think the match itself would be very, very close, mm-hmm. right? Um, but I think that there'd be just enough baby face and hope spots for Will Ospreay to, to turn this one over on Moxley. No, I, I I agree. As much as it pains me to say, I, I agree. So Will Osprey heading on to the finals yes. of Fantasy Warfare 2019. Congrats. Congrats. Yeah. Now, you and I, since, since you brought it up, yes, we did have a big discussion off air before this episode about this next match. Adam Cole versus Kazuchika Okada. This is pretty nuts. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I think you and I have very much differing opinions on this, so I'll let you say your piece on it. I'll say my piece, and we'll figure out where we meet in the middle here. Okay. Yeah. Um, man, where to even begin? <laughs> Obviously, you have Okada, who is the guy at New Japan, right? Uh, whether he loses the title at, at Wrestle Kingdom or whatever, you he's the face of the company, you know? And then on the other hand, you have Adam Cole, who in his own right is the face of his company, you know, because NXT is obviously, yes, it is WWE. And if you wanted to say who's the face of WWE, Roman, I guess, <laughs> I, I, 
Brock, maybe. <laughs> yeah. You know, Seth. I, yeah. But even with NXT being propped up as as uh, the major third brand, it's on level with SmackDown and Raw. Me, personally, I still keep it separate from WWE. So, mm. uh, Adam Cole, for all intents and purposes, is the face of his promotion, right? And he's had just killer, killer matches. Uh, obviously, that trilogy with, uh, with Gargano. He's had a fantastic War Games match as well. Mm-hmm. Then you have Okada, who had a crazy G1, mm-hmm. has, uh, in my opinion, the best match of the year with Osprey. Mm-hmm. And so this one's just really, really hard because there, there's a lot of similarities between the two of them mm-hmm. with, with how big they are. Uh, but there's a lot of differences as well with in, in terms of like even how they wrestle, really. Right. No, for sure. Well, and, and moreover to your point here on Adam Cole... I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't even have to be takeover matches. I mean, the man had, um, again, uh, I keep going back to this match because it's just one of my favorites. Uh, he he put on a great show at um, the Halftime Heat show that mm-hmm. they had mm-hmm. with him, Gargano, and Ciampa facing off with Ricochet, Aleister Black, and Velveteen Dream. Uh, when NXT hit TV, the whole show's built around Adam Cole, yeah. you know, pretty much. Him and Ciampa, right? Um, yes, uh, the, the UE sign. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, it, his matches with, with Riddle, his matches, uh, that he had with, uh, with, with everybody in, in war games was, was crazy. Um, with Kevin Owens coming out, I was really hoping Kevin Owens would jump over to NXT and have a feud with Adam Cole. I thought that would have been a really, that'd really be killer. Dope. Yeah. Um, and of course, uh, Adam Cole had a fantastic SmackDown match recently with Daniel Bryan, mm. uh, leading up to Survivor Series. So that, I, I forgot about that match. Yeah. That's, that's true. So, I mean, Adam Cole's no slouch here. Right. Uh, and he single-handedly brought in the Destroyer uh, to WWE. Um, so that uh, Panama Sunrise. Yeah, enough yeah. can't be said for that. Um, yeah, this is a very even contest. Uh, Okada, like you said, he he put on an amazing G- G1. He won the IWGP title. Uh, they have had very similarly long reigns. I think Okada might have maybe just a month or two on Cole mm-hmm. at this point, as far as his title reign is concerned. Um, but Okada has shown that he's not invincible. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know wins and losses don't really matter as much in wrestling, um, but the losses that he has had against Ibushi and Sonata, though he was able to rectify that, that loss against Sonata, I, I mean... It, it's it is very interesting. I will say that Okada did win um, the Tokyo Awards for uh, uh, Match of the Year against Sonata. Mm-hmm. Why it wasn't against Osprey? I'm not quite sure, but um, yeah, I mean Okada is very very accomplished here as well. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Stephen, who do you see going through in in this match here? Yeah, so uh, like I said, this one's super, super hard. A lot of similarities, a lot of differences between the two of them. Uh, but for me, for me, I have to go Adam Cole. A- and that specifically, I think, is due to uh, his trilogy of matches with Johnny Gargano. Uh, now, obviously, uh, like I said, the Okada vs. Osprey is the best match of the year, in my opinion. Um, but... The 
the trilogy with Gargano is the best series of matches I think I've ever seen. Almost, it's hmm. either that or the or the Gargano Champa uh, trilogy of of matches. Interesting. And so, just based off of the the crazy explosiveness and consistency of the of the Cole Gargano trilogy, I'm gonna have to give it to Adam Cole. Interesting. Um, I I actually will go with Okada here. Uh, taking this match, I think that Okada would. Um, in in real life, I mean, th- this would be a, a fantastic match to see, as with oh, yeah. all of these matches. Um, but I, I think that Okada has enough in his gas tank to to, to finish Adam Cole. That's there's no doubt about it to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, I guess it could just depend on where this match takes place, you know. Um, but I think on an even playing field, I think it is Okada. Um, I think the IWGP Championship, even though the NXT Championship does mean a lot. And it means a lot. Um, the IWGP Championship means more. There's a lot of aura and mysticism about that title. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, I, I, I just think that Okada would advance here in this round for me. Okay. So, okay. You, you know, know what, what that means, the, Steven. You know what that means, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, the Coin of Doom, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen. The Coin of Doom dun, dun, dun. Uh, is here. So what we're going to do is we're going to flip a coin. Either man could easily go through in this match mm-hmm. uh obviously both steven and i have placed very good arguments and and both men's favors but the only one can advance so i'll go ahead and flip the coin uh, go ahead and call it steven actually um i'll say adam cole is tails okay all right so i'll go ahead and flip it it's flipping okay it's flipping it is tails. Oh so, snap! So Adam Cole will be advancing to the Fantasy Warfare 2019 Finals, and he will be taking on Will Osprey. Oh man, that's a hell of a match. That is, yeah. yeah. Um, so yes, commiserations to both Kazuchika Okada as well as John Moxley. Uh, thank you for everything that you've done this year uh, in terms of wrestling and and just uh, giving us entertainment. Yeah, uh, but. Uh, there could only be one winner of Fantasy Warfare 2019, and uh, two men have entered into the finals. So we can't wait for our end-of-the-year episode uh, between these two, uh, where, where they're going to face off. We're going to crown a new Fantasy Warfare 2019 champion. Mm-hmm. We're going to also talk about our favorite matches and moments from this year, our favorite shows, uh, our least favorite stuff of the year. Um, I got a few. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we'll t- we'll have a look back on 2019 and crown a new fantasy warfare champion. Um, yeah, I, that that's about all I got to say about that. That's, mm-hmm. uh, I'm pretty blown away here, Stephen. What, yeah. what what a tournament this has been so far. Oh yeah. See, w- what I love about fantasy warfare is we we start with 16, yeah, just upper echelon top top of the line wrestlers you know mm-hmm. um and and we we go through these matches and I, we really don't know how it's going to go but it always ends up being pretty much the top two guys it, yeah you yeah. know the, the guys who deserve it always rise to the top mm-hmm. you know um but before we sign off here uh, let's get our snorkels and our flippy floppies and dive down into of course if wishes were fishes 
I'm underwater. It's underwater. Now, ladies and gentlemen, if this is your first time listening to Headlock Talk, uh, or indeed your last time listening to Headlock Talk, uh, what we do here at the end of the show is our little fun game segment called If Wishes Were Fishes, where we each take turns making wrestling-related wishes, and the other grades them. Yes, indeed. In terms of actual fishes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it, it, it is quite silly. But it's quite fun. It is quite fun, though, too. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So, so Stephen, do you have some wishes for us this week? I do. I do. Well, fantastic, sir. Do you want to go first? Yeah, I can go first. All right, go for it. Um, so I know we... I don't know if we talked about this on air or not. Uh, I know we've we've talked about this extensively off air. Uh, we talked about maybe doing it this year. Didn't didn't really seem the right time, necessarily. Um, but I really want this to happen. If wishes were fishes, uh, Headlock Talk does a fantasy warfare female wrestler in 2020. Interesting. Yes. Very interesting. I, I, I think it would be, um, yeah, I, I could definitely see us doing that maybe maybe in 2020. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I don't, I don't see why not. I know in the BBR days, uh, they had a, a, a women's G1, basically, mm. uh, and, and that turned out really, really well, too. So yeah, I mean I'm I'm all for it, man. So maybe maybe we should start planning this here for 2020. Do a, do a women's, uh, you know, uh, a women's fantasy warfare tournament. Yeah, I think it's time. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I think it's time. I think it's time. Um, that's a fantastic wish, Stephen. Thank I, you. I, I really appreciate you bringing that up because it has been a long time coming. And believe me, I've thought about it too. Mm -hmm. uh, so if wishes were fishes, uh, your wish here, I I think I'm gonna give that. Let me see. I want to find a beautiful fish here. Uh, beautiful that, fish for a beautiful wish. It, it is a beautiful wish, for sure. Um, let me see here. Actually, I'm going to go ahead and give that four bottlenose dolphins. Ooh. Yes. Ooh. Yes, okay. absolutely. Well, um, thank you for the fish. Well, thank you for the wish. <laughs> um, if wishes were fishes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, this is actually something very similar to your last wish. Um, uh, I would like to do perhaps a fantasy warfare tag tournament. Mm. See, I know we've talked about this as well. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I, I think that that would be well-deserved. Uh, big things happening here around headlock talk, tag team tournaments, women's mm -hmm. tournaments. Uh, maybe we'll have to book this thing sometime in the future. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe let's get some fan involvement in this too. Ooh, what do you think? I like it. Maybe maybe play some online votes here. Mm -hmm. I think that would work. Yeah. Mm, yes. Indeed. Good ideas. Good, good ideas. Very good ideas. Um, I'm gonna give you uh, four walleye bass. Mm. Yeah, they look like that. Ah, quite the fish. Yes, yes. it's a very large fish. Mm. Which is nice. So, and, and and you picked out four, which is a special number because it'd be two on two. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. Yes. I'm glad you picked up on that. Indeed. <laughs> uh, so for my next wish, uh, this is AEW centric. I know we've uh, we've been hearing a lot of things, and, and they've been teasing a lot on uh, being the elite of uh, a certain villain mm. entering into all elite wrestling, and that villain is Marty Scurll. Now his uh, his contract will be up soon. Uh, he is doing a date with, uh, or he, he just actually had a match at uh, NWA. Um, and, and so 
me personally, I think with everything that they've been teasing and, and all the little hints that they've given, I think the writing's on the walls that Marty Scroll will be signing with All Elite Wrestling. Mm. Um, so even despite all the NWA stuff, yes. you think? Yes. Mm. Okay. I do. I do. Um, but if wishes were fishes, um, Marty Scroll obviously comes in, uh, basically takes over the Dark Order, takes over uh, Butcher and Blade, mm. and, and just has the, this crazy faction of just dark characters, right? So he, he's the one behind everything. He's a ma- he's the man behind everything, yes. Mm. Uh, and th- this is just another little fold in the story. Um, basically, it, it all comes together, and Kenny Omega is playing like a... Uh, Basically, like a double agent type thing for oh. for Marty Scroll with uh, the Elite. I, I thought you were gonna be like, it's all just a video game, and Kenny Omega is playing a video game. It's all very meta, <laughs> and it's like a season finale. And Kenny Kenny's like, I, I I gotta get the second one. Yeah, yeah, right. Like it zooms out of the TV, and it's him holding a controller. That'd be fucking hilarious. I mean, I could see it. I could definitely see something uh, like that. Yeah, <laughs> but but no. Uh, basically, have Kenny Omega play like a like a double agent type thing, uh, eventually betraying the elite and, and mm. joining the uh, the villain enterprises. Yeah, no, I I would uh, I would say that that would be uh, real good shit, Steve. Mm-hmm. Real good shit. It's such good shit. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna have to give you a very villainous fish here. Mm. Uh, uh, so I'm gonna give you. Um, let me see here. Uh, three great white sharks. Ooh, yes, from Jaws, the villain from Jaws. Indeed. Uh, very villainous fish here. Uh, uh, even though a shark's Bono. not really a fish, right? It's a fish. It's got gills. Yeah, yep. that's that, that just happened. Um, yes, no, that, that that'd be quite the wish here, Stephen. And I do like how elaborate that is, where M- Marty Scrolls the the puppet master behind yes. everything. For my wish, mm-hmm. you, you're you're very much our uh, video game aficionado here Indeed. at Headlock Talk. Play lots of them. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Now, did you hear there there was a certain rumor going around that they're going to start slashing out the budget for a WWE 2K21 or whatever? Doesn't surprise me. Okay. Um, yes. I mean, we all know how WWE 2K20 has been. Garbage. Yes. From what I've heard. I, I was really actually very excited for that game. And was going to buy it as soon as it came out. Uh, But they chose, uh, for whatever reason, to um, have reviewers be able to put reviews out a week before the game came out. Oh. Uh, I guess they were very, very confident in in the game uh, (laughs) for whatever reason. Um, And so the reviews came out and everyone's like, yeah, it's broken as hell. And uh, yeah. Um, Yes. So how do we fix WWE 2K21? On a, oh, shit. Okay. on a ball and budget here, Steven. Uh-huh. Well, you see, one feature that's been missing from all these WWE games is a special side career mode. Mm. Okay? Okay? Now, in Madden, they have, you know, uh, uh, like, franchise mode where you can play, like, you know, either the owner or the coach or the player. In FIFA, you kind of got the same thing. You play, be the player or the uh, owner uh, or the manager, rather. All these sports video games have it. Well, what I would like to propose is Vince McMahon mode, where you actually get to play through multiple different seasons of Vince McMahon's storylines, right? You can go up to 30 seasons 
Okay. Up until the time of Vince McMahon's death, basically. Okay. Uh, where you can book the shows, you have to deal with stupid yes men, uh, you have to deal with the writing team. Your game always starts, like the first mission always starts at like three in the morning with you pumping iron in the gym. <laughs> uh, you, you're, you're, you're having shouting matches with the writing team. Uh, you got to deal with the wrestlers and the talent and why, you know, uh, Seth Rollins feels like he needs to get a bigger push yeah. or, you know, uh, Brock Lesnar. He's, he hasn't gotten his, his million dollar stipend from the show in Saudi Arabia. So you have to go and deal with that. You have to deal with foreign dignitaries. And then of course you go home at the end of the day and you speak with Linda or Stephanie or Shane, uh, or, you know, you, you try and, uh, have these conversations with triple H as to why, uh, you know, Alistair Black isn't working out, you know, whatever it could be. So you have all of these different machinations that you can have as Vince McMahon. And in addition, you have to run a football league all at the same time. Yes. Vince McMahon mode. Oh, man. WWE 2K21, make it happen. I, I know we give Vince a lot of shit, but that sounds awful. <laughs> that sounds terrible. That sounds impossible, really. But but somehow the man is doing it. Yeah, I, I suppose. Um, no, I mean that that'd be really cool. I, I've always I want I've always wanted the the career modes again. Yeah, right. And uh, apparently they've just shown us that they're not going to do that ever again. Um, so. If you do something like this, at least give us a little taste uh, of what you refuse to do. Right, uh, right. right. Uh, well, and, and, and like some other things too, like you could make this like GTA like style where it's like you you have to eat, but the things that you eat like can have an impact on your body weight. So yeah. you could, you either end up really skinny or if you don't go to the gym, like if you, if you look at the clock in the morning and it's three and you're supposed to be in the gym, you know, you don't go to the gym, you start getting really fat. Yeah, yeah. You can be like fat Vince McMahon. People stop respecting you. Yeah, and, or, yeah. or if you don't eat enough, you might be like, yes, people stop respecting <laughs> you. <laughs> or you like get really skinny, um, you know, or you could take really good care of yourself and live to 105 or whatever it is yeah. that the game will end by. Um, <laughs> ultimately, there's only one way the game ends, and it's you surrounded by your family, you know, uh, as, as you're... <laughs> I got morbid really quickly. <laughs> the owner take the undertaker presides over your you know funeral arrangements. Yeah, and yeah, all that stuff. You have to. You're in constant contact with your lawyers. Uh, you know, in the final parts of the mission, mm-hmm. it's, it's all very elaborate. <laughs> Beautiful wish, Tanner. <laughs> Thank you, Stephen. Beautiful wish. Uh, four and a half marlins. <laughs> yep. It's almost a perfect headlock talk score, really. It, it really is. Yeah. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, if you've enjoyed this episode of Headlock Talk, and we hope oh. that you have, definitely make sure to tune in for our uh, year end finale, our best of 2019 episode, where we crown our fantasy warfare champion. And of course, uh, if you would like more Headlock Talk, make sure to hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to podcasts and leave a rating review. That's the best way to support Headlock Talk. Um, you know, uh, whether it be iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or anywhere else, leave a rating and review and make sure to subscribe uh, for future episodes of Headlock Talk. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're a business out there and you like the sound of Stephen and I's voices, uh, we would certainly love to do business with you. Indeed. Uh, so, uh, hit us up, headlocktalk at gmail.com for any business inquiries. Uh, Stephen, am I missing anything else? 
I think somehow we hit all the points that we needed to. Yeah. 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 Well, you can always hit us up at Headlock Talk on Twitter at Headlock Talk. If you want to talk more about it or if you want to complain that you think Okada should have gone over on Adam Cole, <laughs> uh, you can always hit us up there. Um, anyway, uh, thank you guys again for tuning into another fun-filled episode. We love and appreciate each and every one of you for uh, being so loving and supportive. And uh, yeah, we'll see you again next week. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much. And y'all have yourselves a wonderful rest of the day. Later, y'all. Later! become Central Ohio's most trusted team of orthopedic experts? We focus on what matters most, our patients. At Orthopedic One, we know we're only at our best when we're helping you get better. And every day, your commitment to overcoming pain and injury inspires and moves us. That's why we bring our best every day to earn your trust. Find a physician near you at orthopedicone.com. I'm a cover girl. I'm a cover girl. I'm a cover girl too, because I use CoverGirl Simply Ageless Liquid Foundation, America's number one anti-aging foundation brand. Simply Ageless is skincare and makeup in one. It instantly reduces the look of wrinkles and even skin tone. With hyaluronic complex and vitamin C for plump skin and a healthy youthful glow. So be a cover girl like me. And me. And get better skin at any age. Try Simply Ageless Liquid Foundation from easy, breezy, beautiful CoverGirl. Cover girl.